Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today Monday morning podcast on the 27th of November 2023. I'm Andy Eubank, the Hat Podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust. Experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. Visit ffbt.com to learn more or stop by your local branch and talk about your ag operation today. Eric Pfeiffer checking in with the news today, including a farm labor update from USDA and thinking about weed control for next year. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin says mostly dry for a few days after winter weather yesterday. And ag markets all under pressure after that short Friday session. John Zanker analysis coming up on the Hoosier Ag Today Monday podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build for financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. Making agriculture your life's work comes with challenges that can leave you feeling alone. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. And when you're a member of ACI, you have agribusiness advocates in your corner, similar agribusiness members to network with, and opportunities for continued education. If your business serves Indiana agriculture, we need your perspective and hope you'll become a member of ACI. Visit inagribiz.org. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Paying more for farm labor, and it's never too early to start thinking about weed control for next year. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, reporting on the latest news in agriculture on Hoosier Ag Today. USDA released their farm labor survey, and for agriculture, the news isn't good. Farmers who hire H-2A laborers next year will be paying higher wages, and in some cases, the increase is large. Veronica Nye, senior economist with the American Farm Bureau Federation, talks about the increasing costs of farm labor. USDA's farm labor survey told us that wage rates across the United States in all states and all regions increased in 2023. The farm labor survey tells us that in 2024, farmers in 13 states will pay more than a dollar more per hour to their H-2A employees than they did this year. Farmers in 31 states will pay between 50 cents and a dollar more. Only in six states is the increase for next year, less than 50 cents. She explains why this is a very important survey for production agriculture. USDA's farm labor survey is utilized by the Department of Labor to establish the adverse effect wage rate that growers must pay H-2A workers through the temporary visa program. So these wage rates are really make or break for farmers as to whether or not the wage rates they pay out through the H-2A program are going to be viable for their business. The survey breaks the information down by region. Indiana is in the Corn Belt 1 region with Illinois and Ohio. The gross wage rate for our region increased $1.04 to $18.91 per hour. Staying informed on the markets, the weather, and world events has always been important to those of us in agriculture. Today, staying informed is critical. But now it's easier than ever. The Hoosier Ag Today mobile app puts up-to-the-minute information in the palm of your hand 24 hours a day. Download the free Hoosier Ag Today app for your mobile device at the Apple Store 
Google Play, or at HoosierAgToday.com. Well, it's never too early to start thinking about weed control for next year. Ron Geis, market development specialist for Corteva, continues to encourage a program approach for farmers. Let's start with something down at planting time, near planting time, and then come back with something post-emerge. That way, if, if Mother Nature throws us a curve and one of those two doesn't quite work up to par, the two of them help complement each other to get a good weed control for the season. Geis gives his recommendation for a program approach for corn growers. We like to start with a good foundation of Resicor or Keystone or SureStart and then follow that post-emerge. And we're kind of excited with a new product that we introduced, Cairo, K-Y-R-O, and it brings a unique combination of three active ingredients that we that you can't find together, providing weed control for 65 weeds and grasses. And Geis says it's a similar approach with soybeans, starting with that good foundation. In your area, we would offer a lot of Trivance and Sonic as that pre-plant application. And then, of course, we're pretty excited because over half of the soybeans in the U.S. are now Enlist-enabled. So when we come back post-emerge, we'd have Enlist as a foundation for that post-application. Geis did tease a new residual herbicide to put with the Enlist that's still waiting EPA approval. He says it won't be available for fields this coming year, but he encourages you to keep an eye out for Inversa herbicide in their demo plots and ask about it for 2025. And an Indiana farmer was in Japan and Korea earlier this month touting the benefits of U.S. soybeans to buyers in those countries. Mike Caney, the chair of the Indiana Soybean Alliance, was there, and you can read more about his trip at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Let's face it, operating a farm isn't going to get any less expensive this year. That's why an operating loan from Farm Credit Bid America is built to give you more cash back and more flexibility in how you are able to manage your funds. Learn more at fcma.com operating and get an operating loan that pays you back. Loan subject to credit approval. Additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Bid America is an equal opportunity lender. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm for some better weather, at least in terms of the sky condition as we move through the next 24 hours. We had a winter system come through yesterday, gave most of the state a little bit of the white stuff, and it's going to be gone relatively quickly here today. We stayed chilly for the next couple of days, but better sunshine today will mean that's what triggers the snow melt. Below normal temperatures for your Monday and I think for most of tomorrow, Tuesday. We will transition onto the backside of high pressure as we move through Wednesday. That will allow a significant push upward in temperatures. We're back closer to normal for this time of year. Still looking at dry air dominating the landscape. And Thursday should be partly to mostly sunny as well. Clouds increase late Thursday afternoon and evening, overnight Thursday night through Friday. We have another round of moisture coming in. I'm looking at mostly rain. Liquid here is going to be a quarter to three quarters of an inch. Most of us are going to be half an inch or less. Coverage 75 to 80% of the Hoosier State. The heavier moisture favors central and southern Indiana versus the north. And then we get the clouds out of here by the time we get to sunrise on Saturday morning. Cooler temperatures, but not bitterly cold for Saturday and Sunday. We're watching a system pass by just a little bit farther to our north and west, so more clouds in northern Indiana than in the south. 
More unsettled conditions as we kick off next week. Monday, we may have to deal with a few hit and miss scattered showers. 60% coverage, a few hundreds to maybe a few tenths. That is all. Behind that little system, colder air coming for Tuesday afternoon through Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of next week. And then, once again, the roller coaster ride continues. Temperatures warming significantly as we move into the following weekend. Well above normal temperatures as we move to mid-month. That's a look at your forecast update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. A sell-off in corn, soybeans, and wheat, and the weak side leader, soybeans, and the soy complex. This is Hoosier Ag Today with the Friday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank. Settlements on the way, but first market analysis. I did check in with John Zanker, Risk Management Commodities in Lafayette for that. John here the day after Thanksgiving, a partial day of trade, which raises the specter or potential of high volatility. Along with that, as we look at soybeans alone, You've got scattered South American rains to look at, flash sales announcements Friday morning. Also, export sales coming in a day delayed, but at the low end of expectations for soybeans. So a lot happening as far as possible market movers in beans. And the result is a double-digit loss, pretty significant sell-off again in soy futures. Yeah, not a good day. It's mostly about the weather. Uh, sales aren't going to uh, – well, they're, they're going to have a, a big pack impact as we move forward but um you know going into weekends coming out of weekends just like we see here in, in june and july and august these weather forecasts are pretty important and um the brazilian forecast especially for Mato Grosso, certainly looks a little wetter this morning they had some rains uh not overly impressive but uh the wettest 8 to 15 day that i've seen here in the last several weeks now as you know, what we've been typically seeing is the the rains are in the eight to fifteen, and then we get to day eight, and they're then they're back out to the eight to fifteen. So um, far, far short still of of getting that good soaking rain that they'd like to see in Mato Grosso. But uh, again, the charts uh, maps are t- are trending that way. So that's why we have beans down. Corn's hanging in pretty good, considering that beans are down twenty. But um, I just don't know how long that's going to last. I don't like the technical pictures of either one of these right now. So uh, we're probably going to see some additional losses this week, Andy, if 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 those rains start to verify in Mato Grosso especially. And in those grains, corn, as you said, hanging close to even, down a couple as we speak here in the middle of the trading day, and wheat over a nickel lower. It's all about demand there, or is there something else at play? I should say lack of demand. We're just exports have been horrible uh, for wheat and uh, just no end in sight for that. The Russians continue to undercut us. They're undercutting the entire world. And there's just, you know, they had a decent crop. Uh, This isn't going to end for a while. Um, There are some trouble spots as far as production around the world. Uh, At some point, we might start seeing some reactions to that but at this point just not our crop looks good here we're off to one of the best starts we've seen in quite a few years both hard red crop and soft red so no help coming from the production side um and you know soybean demand um well uh, kind of mixed uh, we've seen some well last week's sales report was the best for that particular week in history uh, we certainly fell off this week, but uh, export shipments, um, I would rate as disappointing for soybeans. So, uh, and terrible for corn and terrible for wheat. So, 
uh, I wish I had something good to report there, but um, you know, I, I I think without this weather card, we we need to be worried about keeping keeping the uh, January bean contract above the uh, thirteen dollar mark. We still have a ways to go to get there, but uh, I, I think there's a danger in that unless we get a scare back. And in corn, these corn, uh, technically, uh, we need to be really careful in here, Andy. Uh, if th- this market could get away from us, uh, we have all kinds of corn out there. Uh, yields exceeded expectations in the eastern corn belt. Uh, harvest slowed down due to uh, what, uh, you know, moisture levels in the corn were just uh, too high. And, um, there's still some corn out there. I thought this year we'd be all done by Thanksgiving and everybody would be, be home for Thanksgiving, but that's not been the case. So um, I'm a little worried about the downside potential still in corn. John Zanker, Risk Management Commodities, Lafayette, Indiana, and his number there is 866-837-9027. Now the settlements in a shortened day of trade, December corn down a nickel and a half. Going to 463 and a quarter. March settles at 482 and a half down a nickel and a quarter. And beans lead the way lower, 1330 and three quarters, down 25 and three quarters. March down 25 and a half cents at 1348. Also impacting the markets, a Wednesday court decision on refiner hardship waivers, which struck a blow to biofuels, and that pushed hard on soy oil, in turn pressuring the bean market. Chicago wheat followed lower too, down seven cents on December, 548 and three quarters. And in the meat markets, February live cattle, 170 97 down 430 february lean hogs 68 77 down three dollars in a nickel i mean to you bank with the friday market review this is hoosier ag today indiana's most listened to farm radio network